The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. So this morning, I, I want to speak briefly to you from a very, very famous passage. You probably don't even need to turn in your Bibles to this passage. You can probably recite this passage to me off the top of your head because it's the Lord's Prayer. So Matthew chapter 6, if you want to turn in your Bibles there, if you want to, or if you're kind of just tracking along in your head, you can do that as well. And I've titled this message, A Father's Prayer. You know, it's called the Lord's Prayer. Some people call it the Disciples' Prayer. Um, but I kind of want to spin it around a bit and kind of, because it's Father's Day, I want to call it a Father's Prayer. And, and look at this prayer in light of Father's Day. And I'm, I'm going to be primarily speaking to dads, but I'm hoping that it'll be helpful for all of us as kids um, and as moms, single people, hopefully there's something here that will speak to your heart because this prayer was given by Jesus to all the disciples. So I, I'm sure it'll relate to you. So let me read this and, and we'll get into it. This then is how you should pray. Verse 9, Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. just want to bring out ten different things that come out from this prayer, real quick. Firstly, um, our Father. Our Father. This is so profound that... As fathers, we, we lead or we function as fathers out of an identity that's pre-existing. We're, we're already kids. We're God's kids. You know, that's why we've called today Papa's Day. Because this word here that Jesus gives us is such a familial, intimate, beautiful word. It means daddy. It means Abba is, is the word here. And conveys this beautiful, rich, intimate picture. And so I want to say to the dad, it, it doesn't matter really what your dad was like. It doesn't matter if you had an absent dad, you, who you didn't even have a dad at all, or maybe you lost your dad when you were really young, because you're a child of God. And, and you and I get to call this God, the creator of the universe, Abba, Daddy. And He's a Father that loves you deeply. He cares for you passionately. He's, he's a protector and a provider. And, and that's who you are already. And so no matter what role models you've had or haven't had or the disappointments or in your own fathers, whatever that might be the case, because you're a follower of Jesus, you have a new identity. So be a father that knows who you are in Christ, that you are loved, that you are precious, that you have a father who fathers you. Our father who art in heaven. And this is about security. Because I know as a dad, you can't be everywhere. You know, like we heard Ray say, when your kids become teenagers, it's a game changer. Um, and, you know, there have been many a times when both Dash and I had good intentions of staying up till our kids got home and we failed. But the great confidence that we have as parents, as fathers, is that our Father is in heaven. He's the sovereign one. He's the all-seeing one. He's the all-knowing one. He's the all-powerful one. He's the one that Psalm 121 says does not sleep or slumber even when you fall asleep. He doesn't. 
What incredible confidence and security that brings, knowing that our Father is on the throne. And, and as Andy said, even when it looks and seems hopeless, it's not because our Father is in heaven. What incredible confidence that ought to bring in the midst of the chaos and the uncertainty of life and our concerns and our worries and you know, all those what-ifs that we have a Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. This is about worship. It's about worship. You know, um, we did a parenting course at church uh, a couple of times uh, uh, by a guy called Paul David Tripp. Uh, and he talks about how part of our role as, as parents, as fathers specifically, is to create in our kids a sense of wonder of God. That, that our kids have this awe of how awesome and how amazing and how wonderful God is. That's part of our role as fathers, to bring our kids to that place where their hearts are captivated with how great and awesome our God is. That they go, wow, God, you are amazing. But that won't happen unless we have that. Unless as fathers, we are carrying that sense of worship and wonder. We can't expect our kids to love to come to church when we don't. We can't expect our kids to love God's Word and love worshiping and expressing passionately worship and praying when we don't. One of the earliest memories I have of my dad is him getting up at the crack of dawn, spending time in his Bible and praying. And my room was kind of attached to this little lounge area where he would always be in his chair. And I would have to get up and walk past him to go into the kitchen. And I would walk past him just about every day. And he'd be there worshiping. And, and that's what this is about. This prayer is that as fathers, that we would be ones that say, hallowed be your name. And that we live this. And our kids see us live this. And we model this to them. That our God is awesome. He's wonderful. He's faithful. He's kind. He's worth abandoning your whole heart to. Because he's a good God. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is about purpose. This is about what the main game is. Really, it's about, it's about seeing God's kingdom work on earth advance through our families. God has given us this incredible responsibility as fathers to, to care for, to protect, to, to be leaders in our homes, however that looks in your family. But this idea that God, part of the way God brings about His kingdom on earth is through families. It's through healthy families that make healthy and strong churches, that make healthy and strong communities, that lead to healthy and strong nations. It's the, they've said that for many a year, that the building block of a healthy nation, a great nation, is strong families. And that's one of the ways that God advances His kingdom purpose on earth. And this is what we're called to do. So I want to challenge you. Does the kingdom, does God's will captivate your heart as the number one priority? Would you say of yourself and your family, we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Do, do God's agendas determine your agendas in your family, in your home? Do God's priorities, do God's values be the things that drive you in your dreams for your kids? I remember, you know, in, in traveling different countries doing ministry, whether it's in Sri Lanka or Kenya, in different parts of the world, going into the ministry is seen as the thing that only the losers did. The, the thing that, you know, you, if you couldn't get into medical school, you couldn't get into law school, you couldn't get into dentistry school, then you went to Bible college. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs that as Christian parents, as Christian fathers, that we buy into our world's cultural values and say, 
Yeah, we want to pursue that, this career, so that you can have this successful, amazing life, rather than, no, we want to be about our Father's business, our, our, God, our Father's kingdom work on this planet, whatever that means. And that doesn't mean you can't advance the kingdom as a, as a, as a, a doctor or a lawyer or a computer operator or a teacher or a nurse or whatever it might be. But sometimes we can be so blinkered that we see everything else as being potential kingdom work except maybe things in the, in the body of Christ or in church or a missionary or whatever that might be. So what values and what priorities are driving you? Is your purpose to see your kids grow up, to have a passion for kingdom work? To even if they're doctors or even if they're teachers or even if they're, you know, whatever it is they're doing, a checkout operator, whatever it is, that they see that that is part of their kingdom work. Or is it just about making money and providing for their family, which are also important things. But is the kingdom the priority? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our home. Let your will be done in our lives. Let your will be done in my kids' lives. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And again, I'm so thankful that in my family, my, both my parents encouraged me to, to do this to, to hear from God and say, what has God called you to do? And if it, if it isn't doing these particular professions and it is to go into ministry, we completely support you in that. We completely believe you. And I'm so glad that they did because otherwise I wouldn't be here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Have we got God's purpose for us as fathers right? That this is the main game for us. Your kingdom come. Give us today our daily bread. This is about dependence, daily dependence. Parenting is hard work, hard work. And John, you know, yeah, you haven't faced the challenges yet, but they'll come. <laughs> Every stage presents its own challenges, its own unique opportunities, and it's hard work. Work And as Andy is saying, even as a grandfather, as having adult kids, you see that your work's never done. It just keeps changing. Are we depending on God? Are we, are we praying about being fathers? Are we praying about our parenting? Are we praying, saying, God, will you help me be the best dad, the best mom that I can be? Will you help me to lead my family well? Will you help me to be a worshiper? Will you help me to reflect your father heart to my kids? Will you help me create such an environment in my home that my kids will thrive in their faith? God, will you help me to be a faithful provider? God, will you help me be a protector for my family? God, will you give me the wisdom I need to make difficult decisions when I have to? Do we depend on God every day, saying, God, give me today the grace I need, the wisdom I need to parent well? We pray about a whole bunch of other things. We pray about our jobs. We pray about financial provision. We pray about our health. I want to challenge you as a dad Spend time before God praying, God, will you help me be a great dad? Because, you know, talk to any kid and they will tell you how much of their view of God, the Father, has been shaped by their earthly fathers. This is a serious role we play in our homes. Pray, depend on your Heavenly Father to so shift and change your heart that you're a reflection of His heart to your kids. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. This is about humility. Dads, you won't be perfect. I'm not perfect. I've failed. I've made mistakes. And you will. And if you haven't, just wait. You will. <laughs> and this is having the humility to recognize that I'm not going to be perfect. 
Only my heavenly Father is going to be perfect. But you know, the moment you say that, that just takes so much pressure off you. You don't have to be perfect. That's okay for you not to be okay. It's okay for you to make mistakes. It's okay for you to come before God and say, God, I've messed up. I've made some bad decisions. I've neglected some responsibilities. I haven't been as, as godly a husband and, and a good father as I need to be, as I could have been. God, will you please forgive me? And I love this. There's, there's so much humility here as we bring our hearts before God and say, God, I just need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I've blown it big time. I've made some huge mistakes. And maybe, you know, for some of you, this is so real because you feel like you've really let your family down in lots of different ways, either because you weren't there, because you worked too much. And maybe there's regrets of maybe things that you would have done differently if you had the chance again, or you wish you could rewind the clock and go back in time and make a different decision back there. But there is grace here. There's humility in recognizing that we can bring our sin before the Father and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive my debts, my sin. And knowing that our Heavenly Father is there to love us, to give us the grace and forgiveness and mercy we need because of what Jesus did on the cross that paid the debt for every sin, that took away every condemnation and every judgment. And now our Father's heart is for us. He is towards us. He has, we have been reconciled to Him and there's peace. And we can come without fear, without condemnation and receive His mercy and forgiveness. Forgive us our debts. This is about also recognizing that we're not going to have all the answers. We're not going to have it all together all of the time. And it's okay to come before God with our uncertainties, with our insecurities, with our fears, with our doubts, and say, God, will you forgive me in those places that I worry, where I try to control because I don't trust you? God, forgive me for the things that I'm not doing that I ought to be doing better, not just the bad things that I do. And he goes on, and as we also forgive our debtors. This is about grace. See, as we recognize that as fathers we're not perfect, we also need to recognize that our fathers weren't perfect. And they made mistakes. And they were human just like we are. And they made bad decisions and bad calls. And maybe they, like you, think to themselves, I wish I could go back and do that again. I wish I could have a do-over. I wish I could turn back time, but I can't. And this is about, again, us recognizing that as much as we come to our Father and ask for His grace in our imperfections, that we extend that same grace to our fathers who are also not perfect, who maybe didn't have the advantage and the opportunities and the learning and the education and the teaching and the research that we now have. And they were doing the best that they knew how. And maybe they made poor choices. And maybe for some of you today, Father's Day is difficult because of that. Because you look back on your dads and, and there's a lot of anger and bitterness and resentment there. And I want to say to you, that will affect the way you parent. It will affect the way you father if you don't deal with your baggage. If you don't bring those things before God and say, God, I forgive them. I release them. I recognize that like me, they're not perfect. They're broken people who need Jesus just like I need Jesus. Will you forgive them as I forgive them? If we don't do that, that stuff will just clutter our souls and affect the way we parent and we father our own kids. But there's a second application here. It's recognizing that just like we're not perfect as, as fathers and our fathers aren't perfect, our kids are not perfect either. 
and they'll fail. They'll make mistakes. They'll do things, like Andy said, that that's not what we taught you to do. Those aren't the values we instilled in your heart. They're not what the Bible teaches, and they'll really maybe blow it big time. And maybe some of your kids are so far from God, you just think, are they ever going to come back? But we go back to our Father who art in heaven. He's the one that's in control, ultimately. So will we extend that same grace, that same forgiveness to our kids when they fail us, when they disappoint us, when they let us down, when they don't honor God, when they disobey God, when they walk away from God? Can we keep that relationship, that intimacy, that communication going no matter what? Because we've received grace and we are called to extend that grace to others, including our kids. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. And this is, for me, this speaks of integrity. You know, they said that one of the biggest turnoffs for kids is hypocrisy. This is recognizing that we struggle with things, that we're tempted by things. And this is about, you know, being aware, God, as I pray this, will you help me to live a life of integrity where the things that I profess and the things that I say and the things that I ask of my kids, that I'm living this myself. God, I know that I'm going to be tempted to compromise. I'm going to be tempted to to walk away. I'm going to be tempted in, in my own sinfulness. But will you keep me from that? But it's also praying, God, will you give me ways that I can be in community in a way that others will help me to overcome my temptations? You know, in our church, we, we have such an emphasis on accountability and confessing our sins to one another and, and, and making known to others in our connect groups how, how we need them to support us and pray for us because we're struggling with things. And this is about owning this stuff to our kids and not pretending that we're holier than they are and we've got it all figured out and we're super Christians even though maybe your kids will think that. And they'll, they'll think, well, you never sin because I never see you sin. Part of our role is to show them that we are no different. Broken, sinful people who are constantly being drawn by our sin. And that it's only the power of the Holy Spirit and it's only our faith in Jesus and it's only the Word of God and it's only Christian community that helps us remain faithful. That we are real with our kids. And that when we blow it and when we fail, that we say that. That when we lose it and when we're angry and we speak hurtful words, that we acknowledge that that was sinful. And we ask our kids for their forgiveness. You know, when we do this every now and again in our home, our kids just freak out. They get so defensive and get almost so embarrassed. And they go, no, 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 it's okay. It was my fault. No, no, it wasn't your fault. It was my sin. For some reason, kids aren't comfortable with their parents sinning. But it's this acknowledgement that, but for the grace of God, there go I. And I need Jesus just like you need Jesus. And I'm tempted just like you're tempted. So how about we, we talk about the struggles we're having together so that together we can be faithful to Christ. And this takes knowing your kids. This takes being aware of where they're vulnerable and what their weaknesses are so that you can be praying for them and, and, and letting them know where, where your weaknesses are and where you're vulnerable so they can be praying for you. And obviously, as your kids get older, this conversation will deeper and, and get more and more richer. But acknowledging that I too am human and walking in integrity is such an important part of being a father.
but deliver us from evil. This is about mission for me. It's about recognizing that we live in a world where there is an enemy. And as Jesus said to, to Peter, Peter, Satan longs to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Recognizing that there is an enemy and his intent is evil and his intent is to destroy and to take us away from our commitment to Christ. And his intent is to do that for our kids. And part of our responsibility is to pray for our kids, is to stand with them in battle and to fight on their behalf and to fight with them and to intercede for them and to engage with God on their behalf saying, God, will you keep my kids in your ways? But it also means knowing who our uh, kids' friends are and what kind of influence they're having. It's being aware of what kind of things our kids are exposing themselves to, whether it's through our culture and movies and music, and to highlight the values and have conversations about the values of our culture that don't line up with the teaching of Scripture. So that, as Romans 12 says, that they're not being, you know, conformed to the image of this world, but are being renewed in their mind according to God's Word and God's ways that we, we are willing to have difficult conversations and sometimes the same conversation over and over and over and over and over again. It might mean having to have a difficult conversation with a teacher or a coach and say, look, we're Christians and we, we don't do that in our home. And I'm not comfortable with my kids doing that in school. And that might mean risking embarrassment for your kids or embarrassment to yourself or a whole bunch of things. But it's recognizing that part of our responsibility is to be guardians to be shepherds, to be watchers. It might mean setting boundaries that your kids are going to hate. It might be saying no to things that everybody else is doing. But it's this. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from evil. And as a father, God's wanting to work through you, through parents in families to bring this about in your home. And so it's a prayer saying, God, not just me, don't just deliver me, but deliver my kids, my, my family from the evil one and, and use me as part of my mission to pray and to be vigilant and watchful and diligent and to have conversations with my kids and different kinds of conversations and particularly when they're adults, you're having that conversation in a different way. But being that, being the one who brings the wisdom of age, being the one that can kind of flag danger signs and identify pitfalls and kind of help them see blind spots and, and doing the conversation differently but still having the conversation to be willing to stand in the gap and fight for your kids, fight for your families, deliver us from the evil one. And I want to do the, the, the margin bit as well. It says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And this is really the end goal. This is the objective. It's about what we want our families to do, to glorify God, to, to make His name great. That, you know, coaches and teachers and their peers and their, your, their peers' parents will, will begin to ask you, well, what's, how did you do that with your kids? How did you raise them? What did you do? They're so different to the other kids that we know. They're different to my kids. There'll be opportunities to, to point them to Jesus, to point them to our Heavenly Father who we've put our trust in, who is in control, and, and, and to honor Jesus and to honor God's Word and to lift Him up. That's the point of the whole end of humanity, to glorify God. 
And God has called us in our families and as, as fathers and as mothers to be about that objective through our families that His name will be glorified. That people will see the good works, the good deeds, the light that shines out of your kids and not glorify you and say, what a great parent you are. And they might. And you have a choice then to receive that and go, yeah, I am. Thank you. (laughs) Or to say, no, I just thank God and my heavenly Father who's worked through me and in me to raise these amazing kids. That's it. It's about bringing Him glory. So let me pray, and I want to pray for our dads in particular today. And so if you are a dad, whether it's a natural dad or you're a spiritual dad where you mentor other, other people, other, other younger men, and you've had that discipling role in people's lives, I'd love you to stand. Maybe you're a, a dad for a, a nephew or a niece or a relative where there is an absent father and you've stepped into that role to care for them. Maybe you're a dad because you are a foster dad and you, you, you care for other people's kids. Or maybe whatever the context is, but you are in that role as a father. I want you to stand so we can pray for you. So before we pray, I also want to tell you that on your way out, make sure you grab one of these gifts, Father's Day gifts. There's some really interesting things in there for you. Uh, And one of the things that's in there is a little card that has a whole bunch of contact numbers um, like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Kids Helpline, Men's Line, and Bridges Counseling. Because we know that being a dad sometimes is really difficult. And depression for men is a huge thing. And as much as we would like to be available as pastors and leaders to support you and care for you in that, you might need more support than that. And so they're they're just there, not because we think that you've got mental health issues, but because you're saying some of you might have mental health issues and here's some resources that might help you rather than us saying, yeah, you figure it out yourself. Um, So make sure you do that. Why don't we stand and if there's a, a, a dad standing around you why don't you lay your hands on them if you're comfortable uh if they're comfortable for you to do that and we're just going to pray let's stand and pray for these amazing godly men father we just want to thank you for this incredible responsibility you've entrusted us to be fathers lord to reflect your heart your father heart to lord not just our own kids but lord in our world And Lord, so I pray for these men. I pray for each one of them, Lord, no matter what their story has been, no matter what their fathers have been like, Lord, that they would today know that they are loved by you, that, Lord, you are their father, that you've never failed them, you've never abandoned them, that you've been there for them in every moment, and you've cared, and you've been their provider and their guardian. And, Lord, I pray that as they, Lord, take a hold of this mantle, as it were, Lord, to be fathers in their homes, that they will be, Lord, fathers who pray, pray this prayer. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my home, in the lives of my kids. And Lord, I pray that you will give them the daily bread, the daily resources, the daily wisdom, the daily courage that they need, Lord, to do this task. And Lord, in those midst of failure, Lord, in the midst of their sin and their bad decisions, that they will acknowledge it, that they will not pretend that they've got it together. Lord, that they will acknowledge their sin to their kids and their families, that they will repent and they would ask for forgiveness from them, Lord, as they know that they can come to you and receive your forgiveness. 
Lord, I pray that they would be guardians and strong men, godly men who will live out their faith in such a, a, a transparent way that their kids will see their heart for you. And Lord, I pray that you would cause them to be guardians, warriors who, who pray for their families in prayer, uh, in the private place, who, Lord, who stand in the gap for them. But Lord, who will also be ones who will fight for them in this world as they face a real enemy. Lord, that they will set boundaries and have the wisdom to make good decisions in what to say yes to and what to say no to, Father. And to be counselors and, and, and Lord, ones that, uh, Lord, are there to help their kids to, to live well in this world. And Lord, I pray particularly for those, Lord, who have unforgiveness in their heart, who've been hurt, who've been abused, who, Lord, are grieving the loss of a father, Lord, who are finding today difficult for a whole bunch of reasons. God, I pray, will you fill them with your love, fill them with your grace, your mercy, your compassion, Lord, so that they can release those who've hurt them, that they can extend the grace and the forgiveness that they have received in Jesus. And so I pray your blessing will rest on each of these men, whether they're physical, natural fathers or spiritual fathers. Lord, that all of us will embrace that calling that you've given to each and every person here to be a disciple maker. Yes. And Lord, that we would serve you in this way, that in a way that will bring you glory and honor. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'd like prayer for any, any other need that you might be having, something you're going through that you would like us to pray with you about, please come and let us pray for you. If not, God bless you. Have a great Father's Day. Enjoy morning tea out there. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.